0: Welcome to the three martini lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbas of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three martinis coming up. Hey, we made it to Friday. I think that's pretty good news. Uh, Glad you're with us on the Three Martini Lunch. No good martinis today, but we are brought to you today by Upstart. Uh, Jim, before we get to the actual martinis, very quick update on something we mentioned in passing. We were talking about social media and clamping down on free speech. We mentioned a tweet uh, a couple of weeks ago by a state government account in China, Chinese embassy in U.S., with a verified checkmark, by the way, Uh, a tweet that said, study shows that in the process of eradicating extremism, The minds of Uyghur women in Xinjiang were emancipated, and gender equality and reproductive health were promoted, making them no longer baby-making machines. They are more confident and independent, which is a really fancy way to say that we sterilized a bunch of people. And Jim, amazingly, uh, it took them two weeks on Twitter to flag this tweet, but they've actually suspended this account, believe it or not, until that tweet gets taken down. So... Is Twitter actually starting to play on both sides or they just get a lot of grief over this and decided to make an example of this one account?
1: Yeah, well, what it teaches us is if there's enough loud complaints about something really egregious that is not inherently offensive to the typical American progressive. Typical American progressive is worried about Trump, worried about the MAGA crowd, worried about uh, right-wing militias, all that kind of stuff. They just don't worry that much about something like from China, Contrast the reaction on the New York Times op-ed page from Tom Cotton making a controversial remark to China explaining why they really needed to crack down and take over Hong Kong. Nobody at the New York Times really made any loud complaints about that. So the good news is eventually they'll respond when it's really egregious, like literally, hooray for sterilizations Um, you know, forced, uh, forced sterilization is good is, is the sort of, is the kind of threshold they have there. I'm glad, you know, Twitter did this. I'm glad that they acknowledge that they have to, uh, object to outrageous statements, not just from Trump uh, or from Trump supporters, but from other corners of the world. But again, it's still ludicrously heavy handed in their response to conservatives and remarkably light handed in its response to everybody else.
0: Yes, I have a feeling as uh, a lot of folks on the left uh, start feeling the power here in the next few days that uh, we're not going to see nearly the crackdown and the uh, warning labels on various tweets about whether things are true. Uh, Let's get to our first martini. Uh, This is uh, either bad or crazy. And Joe Biden uh, calling the rollout of the vaccine a miserable failure, Jim. But it's so miserable He's barely changing what the current status quo in vaccine distribution is to what he wants it to be. It's currently about 900,000 a day, and he wants to jack it all the way up to a million. Uh, They claim that one million is is basically doubling it, but they're running on numbers from the very early days of vaccine approval. And so it's just a tiny, tiny uptick from awful to awesome.
1: Yeah, Greg, I I covered this quite a bit in the uh, morning jolt today. And the first thing you should keep in mind when they talk about 100 million COVID vaccine shots into arms in the first 100 days, well, remember, you need two shots to be vaccinated. So really, that's 50 million people. That's not 100 million people, as it might first appear to be. Uh, if and when Johnson & Johnson's uh, vac- one dose vaccine gets approved, we can start doing that. But until then, uh, everybody's got to get two. But the second thing, you, you get the numbers accurate. Um, in the past week, we've averaged you know, almost 940,000 doses a day. So Biden is promising we are going to improve. It's currently a miserable, dismal failure, in his words. But we're going to improve that by about 60,000 doses a day. Now, for perspective, if every county in America did just 20 more people a day, we reach the Biden threshold. That's how much of an improvement they have to go. They're already at this threshold. There are a lot of things that are infuriating about the incoming Biden administration. But one of them is how he's kind of turned... Come on, man! Into this sitcom catchphrase that he now utters every time he gets challenged in any particular way. Uh, you know, to their credit, a reporter did say to Biden in his Oval Office, uh, uh, you know, brief press conference yesterday. He's, you know, Mr. President, you said you set the goal at 100 million vaccines, and the is that high enough? Shouldn't you set the bar higher? That's basically where the U.S. is right now, and instead of offering any kind of factual refutation or Acknowledgement that we're almost at a million doses a day right now. Uh, Biden said, when I announced it, you all said that it's not possible. Come on, give me a break, man, which is going to get really, really tiresome. Um the Biden, and keep in mind, as my colleague Ramesh Panaru observes, this isn't just another campaign promise. This is the centerpiece of what Biden intends to do for his first 100 days. The press should be keeping him accountable to this. And again, give credit to that. I don't know the name of that reporter. I just have, it just says reporter in the transcript. But um, look, this is not a huge improvement upon what's been going on so far. And this is the sort of thing the media should be holding the Biden administration accountable about the general public should be holding the general the Biden administration accountable for this so
0: far we're not seeing very much of that Greg. Jim, have we seen other media outlets uh, being concerned or troubled about how Biden responded to this reporter? Because I was told uh, that, the, that the freedom of the press was hanging by a thread the past four years. And uh, the guy who spoke of so much unity and, uh, and uh, being back uh, within the norms of, of Washington just a couple of days ago uh, throws out a come on man at uh, one slightly challenging question. He'd seen this in the Democratic primary that being perceived as a moderate
1: has absolutely nothing to do with your policy positions, uh, your ideology, where you stand, the sorts of, uh, you know, where you want to take the country. Mark Warner gets called a moderate all the time. And I keep pointing to me where, show me in his record where he's moderate. Show me where he disagrees with the rest of his party. Show me where he deviates from party orthodoxy. And you don't see it. And so what's really kind of revealing is that not both for the media and I also suspect for the general public – Moderation is not about what you believe or what you think is, you know, uh, what policy should be enacted. It's entirely about the tone of your voice. It is entirely about whether you pound the table. It's entirely about whether you, it's an entirely a stylistic decision,
0: not actually ideological or political. Well, let's talk about some actual good news here, and that's uh, Upstart and how you can get your finances in order. Look, credit cards can be one of the biggest reasons we end up in a financial mess. And if you have multiple credit cards, you know that tracking multiple balances, due dates and website logins can be really stressful. In addition to trying to come up with the money to pay off even the minimum balance sometimes, but certainly to get that debt taken care of. Upstart makes things simple with one monthly payment in one place. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all
1: online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, more than half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. With a five minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day and can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt
0: is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash martini. That's upstart.com slash martini. Do not forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, that's upstart.com slash martini. All right, Jim, slight kudos to that reporter who asked Biden about uh, how ambitious his goals were. Not a lot of kudos to CNN. CNN uh, offered what it thought was a bombshell, as you point out today in the Morning Jolt. Uh, quote, Joe Biden and his advisors are inheriting no coronavirus vaccine distribution plan to speak of from the Trump administration, sources tell CNN. Quote, there's nothing for us to rework. We are going to have to build everything from scratch. And so this kind of goes along with what uh, we've seen in tweets and other places from Ron Klain, who's going back to the old early days of the Obama administration when, oh, man, we inherited a mess. Everything's terrible. It's going to take forever for us to climb out of this. Uh, But then Dr. Fauci, who was at the podium in the briefing room yesterday, Uh, basically poured cold water on all this.
1: We certainly are not starting from scratch because there is activity going on in the
0: distribution. Although he does uh, believe that uh, Biden invoking the Defense Production Act and some other things should help uh, accelerate things. But uh, so after four years of uh, pouring cold water on Trump, CNN is still at it. And uh, I guess kudos to Fauci for pouring cold water on that.
1: Yeah. And there are a couple of things that that jump out at me. Uh, the first is the first time I saw CNN tweeting it and announcing it yesterday, yesterday morning. Uh, there's nothing for us to rework. You know, that we're going to have to build everything from scratch. There are quotes in that story and it's just as sources, right? So somebody said this to CNN, if you're a CNN reporter, why? Like this is a giant sizable accusation. It's not saying the Trump administration put together a plan and we don't like the plan. We don't think the plan is good enough. We don't think the plan is extensive enough or detailed enough or, or something like that. That that's kind of normal between an outgoing administration and an incoming administration. Usually there are different parties different parties and you've just got a different idea of how it should go. That's standard. They claim they didn't ha- there's nothing for us to rework. We have to build everything from scratch. That's huge. And it does raise the question of like well wait, if they there's no plan, how has everybody been getting vaccinated so far? So then of course Fauci comes out and says so to their Marginal credit. CNN did update the article. It's by M.J. Lee, who I thought was a pretty darn good congressional correspondent uh, back in the Trump years, who's now shifted over to the White House. And I think she's the one who had the byline on the original one. Why? You know, again, I don't see why this source would need to remain off the record or unidentified. That's a huge accusation. If you want, you know, put your name next to it. But then Fauci comes out, and Fauci says, "Well, actually, no. They did have a plan." Um, you know, we're not starting from scratch because there's activity going on in the distribution. Now, Fauci says there are certain proposals that were not used by the Trump administration that are going to be used by the Biden administration. That's, that's not all that surprising. That's normal. And we can argue about whether the Trump administration was wrong or right, or whether it went far enough and all that stuff. But that's not what the CNN reports said. And in MJ Lee's article, at least as it's currently written on, on CNN right now, the Fauci quote is in the eighth paragraph. So we have an unnamed source making an accusation. And we have Fauci on the record, on camera, in front of the whole wide world saying it's not true. And that's in paragraph eight. I'm sorry, MJ Lee, I think you botched this story. I think your source lied to you. And I think you should not protect that source if they are telling you things that are false. Otherwise it's an abuse of anonymity. Really infuriating set of circumstances. Um, because again, I, this really, because here's like, if there's any plan by the Trump administration, then the claim there was no plan is false. It's not an exaggeration. It's not stretching it a bit. It's false. And we were told a million times the Biden administration was going to be better about this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's January 22nd now, Jim. It's not January 20th anymore. So uh,
1: (laughs) back to a new era and a new
0: page with new lies. Hey guys, it's Mock and Daisy from Chicks on the Right. We're excited to tell you about our podcast, the Mock and Daisy Common
1: Sense Cast. From discussing topics like cancel culture, what's happening to our new generations, crises in our nation, and even some high-profile interviews, each week we touch on subjects that matter to us and matter to you. And we're not afraid to tell you how it is. So tune in every week to hear us talk about the things, or even just get a good laugh. To find out more, go to our website, chicksontheright.com, or start listening on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave. A comment or review and subscribe.
0: All right, let's get to our final martini. Also, crazy transparency. Remember, transparency and consistency and humility, these are going to be the hallmarks of the Biden presidency. On day one, uh, Joe Biden signed a slew of executive orders, and one of them was about always wearing masks on federal property. In fact, he tweeted about it saying wearing masks isn't a partisan issue. He said this all the time during the campaign, too. It's a patriotic act that can save countless lives. That's why I signed an executive order today issuing a mask mandate on federal property. It's time to mask up, America. Well, later on inauguration evening, he was over at the Lincoln Memorial with his family for the big uh, inaugural celebration starring Tom Hanks and... John Legend was there and all sorts of other things happening, and Biden was there with his family unmasked. So Peter Ducey, who is now Fox News White House correspondent, asked the new White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, about this, and here's how that exchange went. Why
1: weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times?
0: At the inaugural. At the memorial, yes. I I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country. And certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know, here in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. So, Jim, this is such good clarification. If you're celebrating something, the virus either doesn't work or the mask mandate is not applicable. So this would have been so helpful to people over the holidays because they were clearly celebrating things. If only we had known before. You know, Greg, I'm going to give the Biden
1: administration about one molecule's worth of credit here as I write about these things. They've gotten their their transcripts of the press briefings and Biden's remarks up onto the White House website at whitehouse.gov rel- relatively quickly. So that's that's one good step for public accountability. That said, the Pastaki answer is not like there. The interesting thing is, I, I you know, in the time between when I wrote Today's Morning Jolt and sent it off to the editors and now I've come up with like at least two better answers she could have given in response to that question. The first answer is he's there with his family. The only person, the only people within six feet are his family and are part of his household. Uh, I don't know if everyone in the Barton family is all living in one house. And if we're supposed to be staying away from our parents and from our uh, sibling, adult siblings, and, and all, we're supposed to be outside of your house. But if they are indeed all part of the same household, then I guess no harm, no foul. The second thing is that Joe Biden, has, a, I believe, has received both doses of his vaccination, right? Yes. I assume the same goes for Jill Biden. I don't know about all the rest of the Biden family members, but you know, conceivably, you could say, well, if all of those people have been vaccinated, then there's less need for them to wear masks. Um, but I don't know about the the Biden kids and grandkids and, and all that stuff. So, um, but instead, we get uh, the power of his example is the message he sends by signing twenty five executive orders. Greg, if he's if he's um, if that's the role model he's setting, <laughs> should we all be signing our own executive orders? Is that, is that how it works? <laughs> and then the second thing is, well, we have bigger things to worry about at this moment in time. No, you don't. <laughs> Go to supposed to be. Like, like you just said, this is a life and death sort of thing. And I guess the problem, there are a whole bunch of problems here. One of the things that jumps out at me is how much, look, I'm pro mask. I'm annoyed by them. I don't like wearing them. It gets kind of, you know, if I had a choice, I'd rather not, but I'm going to wear it. And there's been this, it's probably a good point in our podcast to insert this, once you're, after you, two weeks after you get that second vaccination, you're, you're pretty much good to go. You really can't catch it and transfer it to others. I know there's a little bit of instability questions about this early on in the vaccination process. Uh, people who work with this, immunologists will say, look, like once you're like, say, vaccinated for um, mumps, you can't carry and transfer mumps to somebody else. Um Tetanus, uh, all the other, you know, actually, these aren't respiratory diseases, they're so not good examples. But the bottom line is that you really can't be a silent carrier once you're vaccinated. We don't worry about this for any other disease. So you're probably good. But but people, you know, health experts and government officials do have a bit of a problem in that we've, you know, we've discussed how the vaccinations are not rolling out as fast as they'd like to. If your experience is like mine, you're having a very tough time getting yourself on the list, getting your parents on the list, getting, you know, uh, anybody who really needs to be on the list. A whole bunch of counties and states, it's still, it's like healthcare.gov. The websites don't work. The phone lines don't, aren't jammed. It's very tough to get any answers. And when you do get an answer, it's like, well, just wait a while and we'll get to you eventually. But at some point, we're going to have a chunk of the population vaccinated and effectively not able to be carriers anymore. And a bunch of other people who haven't had the chance to get vaccinated yet because they haven't gotten to them in line. Their their category of people by age or health condition just hasn't been there yet. And there's going to be a concern of like, what would would happen if we said, well, people who have been vaccinated don't have to wear masks, but people who are not yet vaccinated have to keep wearing masks. You end up with this two-tiered society. You end up with this vision of like, you can tell who's been vaccinated and who isn't. And the idea that like, maybe you'd treat people differently based on whether they're vaccinated or not. And right now, people can't control whether they're vaccinated, right? We all like a whole bunch of us would love to go out and go to our CVS or Walgreens or wherever tomorrow and just get vaccinated. But it's not. It's not like that. They don't have enough. You got to wait your turn. It's a long waiting list. You got to register. It's a pain in the neck. Basically, there are a whole bunch of people like, hey, let's all stay masked until everybody gets their vaccine. I think that'd be a good rule. I I don't want people to feel like they're second-class citizens because they haven't had a chance to get vaccinated yet. But that requires us all to wear masks. We can't talk about this honestly, apparently. And so now we have to say, oh, you still gotta keep wearing a mask even though you're vaccinated, even though two weeks have passed, because they're afraid you're gonna spread it on. Yesterday, Biden's in the Oval Office and he says, you know, it's a patriotic act, okay. Um, But he says, it's interesting, they're even more important than the vaccines because they take time to work. Well, yeah, but two weeks. And the second thing is that I don't know. The problem with the vaccine is that a mask is that it's not, you know, like it's theoretically some people wear it below the nose. It's not perfect. You know, it's, it's a simple solution that improves your odds. It's not perfect. And I don't like the, you know, the he, he can't just say masks are good. Wear them. He's got to say that it's patriotic. That's the single best thing we can do. And even more important than the vaccines. Biden can't just say things as they are. He's got to go that extra mile. He's not as different from Trump as all of the Biden fans want to believe he is. But anyway, that's where we are. And now, Bisaki, having had a bunch of much better answers, thinks off the, off the cuff, off the top of her head, and then says, well, it's not, we have more important things to worry about. Well, what it really sounds like to a lot of people is, look, you peons have to wear masks. You, you peasants, you ordinary people have to wear masks. But Joe Biden, he doesn't have to because he's got more important, bigger things to worry about at
0: this moment of time. A awful start for the Biden administration. Is there anything in the executive order about not having to wear it if you've had the vaccine in, in two doses? I suspect that it doesn't. I haven't actually read it, but uh, unless unless that stipulation is in there, I mean, he left it very blanket. I think as kind of uh, an image to cast before America, you must wear your mask at all times, uh, and not uh, and no exceptions. We'll I mean, see where it goes theoretically, if you've already had the the virus
1: and fought it off then for at least a stretch, you should not be capable of carrying it and spreading it to others because your body has the antibodies. Now, is it a 100% chance you can't catch it? You know, we don't, everybody knows exactly how long your your body's going to keep generating the antibodies. Uh, we're all worried about some new strain that is too different from the existing ones. So you could catch it twice. I, you know, there are some inexact gray areas here. So, you know, if you have a choice, if you have the option, wear the mask, Americans. But Again, these, the way the Biden administration is going about this is infuriating, and you have a feeling this concept of the noble lie and not telling people the truth because they might misinterpret it, uh, it's a bad habit that it seems to be only accelerating
0: this as this pandemic continues. Jim, it wasn't that long ago. A little over four years ago, remember when Saki and Marie Harf were the two uh, spokespeople over at the State Department, and we had them in the crazy martini, more than uh, more than a little bit, especially Harf talking about how terrorism was only related to poverty, that kind of thing. God, uh, I forgot about that, but yeah, yeah, wanted- <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have some fun with Jen Saki, I think. Um, you know, instead of worrying about that, though, maybe they could have uh, figured out a place for some National Guards troops to sleep last night instead of a parking garage. I know there were a lot of folks on Twitter last night who had been in the service. Saying I've slept in worse places, and that may be true, but uh, why they got kicked out of the Capitol is still a bit of a mystery. But it's good to see a bipartisan response from lawmakers being pretty upset about that. So, in any event, Jim, we have made it to the weekend yet again. Uh, enjoy, and I'll see you on Monday. I can't believe it actually is Friday, Greg. <laughs> we finally got there. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Don't forget about Upstart. Dot com slash martini to take care of those debts and your credit card issues. Uh, also, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. Uh, we are very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. You can also get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Have a great weekend and join us again, please, on Monday for the next Three Martini Lunch.